Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 976, and we're looking at Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Let's read our passage. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here right away. So they went and found a colt outside in the street, tied by a door. They untied it, and some of those standing there said to them, Why are you doing this, untying this colt? They answered them, Just as Jesus had said, so they let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. He went into Jerusalem and into the temple. After looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark's given us this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus. He began with the Galilean ministry. Jesus traveling through Galilee, teaching, healing, casting out demons. We saw a lot of encounters with religious leaders in Galilee. That's been true from the beginning, and it's all going to culminate here in Jerusalem with final showdown with religious leaders. We saw the Gentile ministry, and then the journey to Jerusalem. And through all this, we've seen the growth of the disciples' faith. From just trusting in him as obviously a a man of God, to seeing him as the Messiah, the one chosen by God, then eventually the Son of God. And through it, they've been struggling with what all that means. Jesus has been giving them predictions of his death, but they haven't been able to process that. It doesn't figure into their thinking. And we've had this thing we call the messianic secret, whereas Jesus would heal someone, he would say, keep this quiet. Sometimes it worked, usually it didn't, but he seemed to want to keep things somewhat quiet as far as some specific miracles he performed, raising people from the dead, healing the blind. And it seemed to be so that there wouldn't become this Messiah fever. People running around screaming, Messiah, Messiah, because people kept flocking to him for the healing, not necessarily the teaching about the coming kingdom of God. But that secrecy seems to be fading away now. In fact, the most recent healing we saw just prior to coming to Jerusalem was the restoration of sight to the blind man, Bartimaeus. And that's going to be done publicly in front of everyone within no warnings to keep this quiet. And so there's been a growing fervor with this pilgrim crowd as they're traveling along because they're heading to Jerusalem in time for the Passover feast. And that's where there would be a large crowd heading to Jerusalem. So let's dive into Mark chapter 11, verse 1. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. Let's pause there. So they're approaching Jerusalem. They've gone through Jericho, and now there's this several-mile uphill journey 
to get to the vicinity of Jerusalem. And right next to Jerusalem is the Mount of Olives. And on the sides of the Mount of Olives are these two little villages, Bethpage and Bethany. Now, Jerusalem, they're here for the Passover festival. And generally, the population of Jerusalem is probably 30,000 people. But at Passover, it grows to like 180,000 people. So there's a mob of people here for the Passover. Passover is one of three big events where the Jews all come and gather in Jerusalem. In fact, during Passover, the city limits are temporarily extended out to Bethpage, which is like one to two miles away from the Jerusalem wall. So Passover is the biggest festival of the year. And so you have this huge crowd of Jews coming this direction would be coming from Galilee. And then those from the northern part of Judea, like Jericho, all traveling into Jerusalem. Of course, they'd be coming from other directions too, from other parts of Judea. But this big crowd that's been traveling with Jesus, mostly people from Galilee. And since Jesus had spent so much time in Galilee, he's probably fairly well known before it even starts. Then as they travel with him and see all the things he does and hear the things he says, the excitement's been growing about Jesus as they're approaching Jerusalem. So now when they finally get to Jerusalem, they're pretty worked up and excited about Jesus entering Jerusalem. The end of verse 1. He sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. So the village ahead of you, probably Bethpage. It's not identified, but that's likely the village. That's the one closest to the actual border of Jerusalem. So let's go find this colt. Now, a colt can mean most any immature large mammal, but the context would be a donkey. And specifically, the other Gospels say it's a donkey. So you're looking for a young donkey. Now, in Matthew, they are specifically told, get the mother donkey and the colt and bring them. But the focus is on the colt. That's the one he's going to ride. Now, why the mother and the colt? Perhaps the mother is there to keep the colt calm. But you'll find this colt. And it's going to be one which no one has ever sat. And it'll be there as soon as you get into the village. It'll be tied up in the street. Verse 3. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here right away. So they went and found a colt outside in the street, tied by a door. They untied it. Some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They answered them just as Jesus had said. And they let them go. All right, speculation here. What's going on? Is this just Jesus's supernatural knowledge and that he has put it in somebody's heart to let him use this? Or is this something prearranged? Perhaps somebody traveling with the group who Jesus said, hey, I know you've got a, a cult that's uh, going to be in Beth Page. Uh, how about you have it ready for me at the edge of town? And I'll send a couple people to come get it. And the guy runs on ahead and makes those preparations, perhaps. And that's not the important part. The important part is basically this cold is another prop 
in a, another acted-out demonstration of what Jesus is doing. Verse 7, They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. So this is a colt. It's never been ridden before. It doesn't have a saddle on it, obviously. So they take their coats, throw their coats on it, make an improvised saddle, and Jesus sits on this colt. Verse 8, Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. So Jesus is now riding this colt into the city of Jerusalem. This is unusual. He would be the only one in this entire mob riding on an animal. Everybody else would be walking. And this is very much unusual and very much intentional. And the imagery here is Zechariah 9.9. 9. Now Matthew specifically points that out. That this is all in order to fulfill the prophecy of Zechariah. And if we look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the prophecies from Zechariah was universally accepted as prophecy concerning the coming Messiah. Here Jesus is doing that specifically. So obviously he's calling attention to who he is and what he is doing. Now, how many of them really get it? Don't know. How many of them understood the prophecy of Zechariah? Don't know. These are common people traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, the scribes who study the scriptures all the time and teach the scriptures, it's not going to be lost on them. But Jesus is using this cold as a prop to say, look, here I am in fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah. Now, people throwing their clothes on the road. This is just a sign of humility, of this guy's important, that we can't even allow the animal he's riding on to walk on the dirt. We've got to throw clothes on to make a red carpet, so to speak, for him to enter the town. And they're cutting branches off of trees and bushes and laying them out on the road to cover the dirt. Gospel of John specifically says they cut palm fronds and laid them on the ground ahead of him. And that's why this is often called Palm Sunday, because this occurs on Sunday. Verse 9, those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This is from Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26. Psalm 118 is one of the Hallel Psalms. They're psalms of praise, and they're sung at these national festivals. Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles, Dedication. And so this would normally be sung as part of the, the festival. And it's speaking of the one coming in the name of the Lord, the coming kingdom of David. Hosanna literally means save us. Now, the people singing that, is that what they actually mean here? Probably not, because Hosanna is one of those words that's, yeah, it means save us, but it's probably become its own word by this time. Much like we would say hallelujah 
when we say hallelujah, what do we mean? We need to be praise. Happy, happy days. The word literally means praise you, God. But it's it's become its own word. So Hosanna likely at this time had become its own word. It is part of the psalm, but it's proclaiming the coming kingdom of David. Verse 11, he went into Jerusalem, into the temple. After looking around at everything, since it's already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now they're staying in Bethany. A mile or two from the city gates and easy enough to walk to and from the city each day. Now the crowd proclaiming all this, how much do they get? Hard to say. They're excited. And we see how excited they are. This is why Jesus is trying to keep things somewhat secretive because he didn't want all this to boil up back in Galilee. And we saw one point, the idea of the feeding of the 5,000. They wanted to make him king by force. So he's been keeping things somewhat quiet. The things are boiling up now. And he's here for the final event. Everyone around thinks to assume the throne and be the king of Israel. He knows he's there to die. And there's some different views on who is engaged. And this is often called the triumphant entry. Jesus entering Jerusalem as the coming king. Is it mostly the crowd of pilgrims coming primarily from Galilee? Or is it them along with the people of Jerusalem? Hard to say. I tend to go along with it. This is pretty much the crowd of pilgrims who are doing all of this. And that the people of Jerusalem don't get really involved in this until later on. But Jesus here is very intentionally now playing out this scene prophesied by Zechariah of the Messiah coming into town in this act of humility, riding on a young donkey colt versus coming in on some kind of war horse as a conquering hero. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.